This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. It's Monday afternoon and I'm Joe Rimmer to bring you all the reaction to one point at Old Trafford. It wasn't the 10-0 Liverpool win that everyone seemed to predict on um, at the weekend. Liverpool drew 1-1 with <laughs> Manchester United, but I think we're, I think we're all fairly happy. Um, I'm joined by three fine gentlemen today. We're, we're sat in, um, as Theo pointed out, in order of height. So f- on the far left here is Diddy Dan Kay. How oh. are you, Dan? <laughs> I'm not having it that Theo's taller than me. I am. <laughs> That's <laughs> what sort this out some other time. Thank you, thank you, mate. You're ruining my excellent opening for you. Sorry, Diddy Joe, I'm very well, thank you. How are you, mate? I, I'm good, thanks. Good. I'm good. Next to him is Teeny Tiny Theo Squires. Oh, you've been working on that one, have you? Yeah. It's been a while since I've been on this. Lots happened. Yeah. Some things don't change. I love for being top. There you go. That's that. That's very good. That's very good. And on it's my right, I'm, I'm, I'm the next one along, but on my right is the incredibly tall Ian Doyle. Well, there's no Paul Ghost here today, no, so I am the no. tallest member of the sports desk at the moment. Hello. You're the tallest member of this podcast. Well, there is desk. that, yeah. 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 How are you, in? I'm all right. Enjoy the game? It was all right, wasn't I? We'll stay with you. Okay, you can good, if you Because you were there in Old, yeah, was, old yeah. Trafford. Mm. Ian Doyle, simple question, point gained to a two dropped. Always good draw to have at Manchester United. Never a such thing as a bad point at Old Trafford. Liverpool's record is terrible. I think, the, what was it, the previous 18 visits, they had only won two and lost 13 of them. So to get a point, especially from the situation where they were 1-0 down with five minutes to go, a goal that, let's be perfectly honest, shouldn't have been allowed for Manchester United. So as poor as Liverpool played in the first half, they did a lot better in the second half. You know, yeah, I'm sure we'll touch on it. Jürgen Klopp made some tactical changes, made some substitutions, changed the formation and it all worked. United ran out of legs after about 55 minutes an hour. Liverpool dominated the last 20 minutes. And I think, I know, you can't really say this because everybody knows how long the game lasts, but it went on for another five minutes. I would have thought Liverpool might have scored again. So I think United were quite happy for the final whistle. I know they come across as saying they were disappointed, but I think in the cold light of day, United would be happy to, to in some ways, get away with a one-all draw. Because while they, if that's the best that they've played all season, and believe me, speaking to... Some of the people who watch them regularly in the press box, because I said, oh, that wasn't very good, was it? And they were like, well, you should come here for all the other games. They're absolutely <laughs> atrocious. So they were saying it was uh, one of their best, probably their best performance of the season. Certainly some of the individuals like Rashford, they said that was the best he's played. Liverpool didn't play particularly well. Went to United, got a point, could have had more top of the table as uh, as Theo was suggested, still unbeaten. I'll, I'll go all the way down the other end of the table, so if I squint, I just might be able to see Dan Kay. Dan, you were there as well at Old Trafford. I was, anyway. You go along with what, what Doyle's saying? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't argue with any of that, really. Um, you know, the winning run of 17, it ended that, yeah. wasn't it? 17 consecutive wins. Was always going to come to an end at some point. Um, but I think if it had come to an end at Old Trafford, to a defeat like that, to, after a performance like that, to an opposition like that, I think it could potentially have been quite damaging for Liverpool psychologically. Mm-hmm. Um, time will tell, of course, but you know, there was a real sense, I wouldn't say jubilation, you know, it's a draw. We all went there wanting to win, hoping to win, kind of expecting to win really as well. But uh, as the game panned out, I think a draw was more than an acceptable outcome. And as Doyle said, if the, if the goal had come a little bit earlier, you just felt that United was starting to run out of legs yeah. a little bit. As well as they played and as off the pace as Liverpool were for the majority of the match, it was clear to me that United put such in- intensity in it. And even though we were lousy for you know, the lion's share of it, the one little speck I hope I had was that just keep it at 1-0, stay in this game because 
United have put so much into it, not just physically, but mentally. You know what I mean, they, they were massively up for it. They knew how much it meant to them, to their supporters, to them as a club, as an opportunity of them to kind of give their season some credibility. And Liverpool, I think, deserve a lot of credit for not... I've, I've already watched most of it back, and just for half-time, Gary Neville says something. He compared it to that that game 15 years ago when Arsenal had gone 49 games unbeaten yeah, yeah. and they lost to Old Trafford. Rooney died for that penalty and then and then finished it off towards the end. But, oh, <laughs> <laughs> he did. He bought it. He bought it. It's all Campbell stupidly left the leg out, but he, but he bought it. But but the point is, it very it did have that feel. You know what I mean? The United crowd clearly sensed there was a big scalp here for them. And I did lose a bit of heart with about 20 minutes ago and I thought, the, 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 you know, a second goal for United's coming here. But Liverpool... As we now know, <laughs> through ample evidence, do not give up, do not throw the towel in. And, and they, they kept going, kept going. And it was a great moment when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, out, out there was Adam Lallana in glorious isolation at the back post right in front of us to to touch it in and spark uh, some great scenes in the away end. Theo, there, there are draws that, that feel like wins. I thought you made a really good point this morning when I walked in. You said it, it felt like Chelsea last year and felt like quite an important point, didn't mm. it? Yeah, it's a strange one because you think last year there was such joy when Liverpool got that draw at Chelsea when there was like three teams that were unbeaten for so long. Yeah. But in this one, it's almost if Liverpool had drawn two games ago or if they'd drawn against Leicester, there probably wouldn't be that negativity about it. It's because they had so many wins in a row that it feels a bit more of a blow. But Liverpool were never going to go every game winning every game. No, no, no. It's quite good that you can play badly and get a draw. And the fact that it's United, it's probably away, the one game that you're happy to set that point in because say you go to Man City you go to the Etihad and you drop points you're giving them a point Yeah. whereas if you go to United they're not going to be up there challenging for titles at the end of the season you can... yeah, they're up to 12th now Oh, dizzy in heights it's yeah. what two points above the relegation Those yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah they're not going to be challenging you for the title but at the same time you're not going to get that negativity that you would for oh we've lost to those fierce rivals there yeah alright well look we can't avoid talking about it so let's just get straight into it VAR um, Doily mm. <sighs> Perhaps it wasn't a clear and obvious error, but it was a clear and obvious foul on, on Divock Origi, wasn't it, in the build-up to Man United's goal? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> it was quite clear. Please clearly elaborate. Well, yeah. I can tell you from the press box is that when we saw the replay, we all just thought what Jurgen Klopp said to his staff, because they were all kicking yeah. off when it happened, and he says, I've just seen the replay, you know, calm down, we're, we're go- this is going to be overturned. Mm. We all saw it and went, oh, this is quite clearly not going to be allowed. And then when they then showed the replay and they took it through to the actual finish, we were like, Hang on a minute, he's going to give this. And then they gave it. So we were all very surprised by it. It's quite clearly a foul. Um, I think you'd have to be very Mancunian to suggest otherwise, or blind, uh, preferably both. I know Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said afterwards, he was said, oh, it's not basketball. He says, well, I'm pretty sure if that was in the penalty area and it was a Man United player who was getting tackled, it would be a penalty. I think the problem is what Jurgen Klopp said afterwards, it's not so much to do with VAR, the people making the decision, the VAR people, it's to do with the process of it. Because yeah. Martin Atkinson didn't give the free kick, it goes to VAR. And VAR go, well, this is a, you know, I'm not sure whether this is a foul or not. We'll just go with what the referee mm-hmm. said. But the referee didn't go back and have a check because he mm-hmm. thought, well, I'll go with what VAR said. So I think it's it's open this debate about... No, I think he's right saying that no referee's gone to consult the touchline monitor at any well, point in the Premier League this season. They're not going to do that. Then what's the point of having it then? Well, exactly. But take they, it away. If, if you're not going to use it, take it away. They, they can do it though, can't yeah, they? Yeah, because can they can do it. Basically, they've given this guidance that mm. from the start of the season, and all, you know, they've said it on plenty of live matches, referees will not be asked to go and 
look at the replay again. And I think the mm. other thing is that Martin Atkinson is one of the most senior referees in English football, whether you like him or not. <clears throat> That's irrelevant. Um, so whoever it was, I'm not entirely sure. Was it one of the younger referees? Was it? Was it was a young? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's only doing is like he, twenty he, And games. is he going to mm. overrule? Say, come on, this isn't. A, this is a foul. You've got this one wrong here. Especially from some of the stories I've heard about Martin Atkinson. He's he's quite, you know, likes himself, shall we say? Mm. Uh, but then there's nothing to stop. He could have just gone over and had a check. He could have just gone over and had a look. And would he have been big enough to admit? Oh, actually, I got that one wrong. It's not a. It's not a goal. But then. You look at the uh, you look at the actual way that the game went. Just talking generally about the refereeing. I think Liverpool Neil Jones now goal formerly of round here. Uh, he pointed out that Liverpool had some like two thirds of the possession. Yet Man United had double more than double the amount of free kicks. Now that doesn't tally mm-hmm. with being in possession and somehow getting that many fouls. And it's not as if Liverpool were roughing up United. If anything, it was the other way around. Because if you saw some of the stuff that was written this morning, they were saying, oh, this is a new muscular Manchester United. You know, you've got Rashford knocking over Van Dijk. You've got Pereira snapped at the heels of Fabinho and just about everybody else who was on the pitch. Um, so you do wonder, how on earth did United not get more bookings, more fouls? And then, you know, then it's down to the whole thing about the referee, you know, the old atmosphere, the occasion. And while I know that some Liverpool fans are trying to make out that Martin Atkinson's always against them, I don't think that's particularly true. I just think he had a bad game. Well, there you go. Martin, Martin Atkinson might not always be against Liverpool, Dan, but he's not a very good referee, is he? We're meant to ask questions here, but I'm just going to say that. I, I think every t- single time I seem to see Martin Atkinson, he, well, he did. The, he's one. He's he, a classic referee who goes with the home crowd. Yeah. Well. Well. Uh, yeah. Apart from, I only, I only, I only mentioned this because we it was mentioned briefly around the sports desk last week. Pretty sure it was him that sent off Rodwell very yes. early yeah. in the derby yeah. about eight, eight yeah. years ago, which was even as a, a Liverpool fan who was there on the day, it was a shocking decision. Um, it, it, it did just feel like the classic homers performance yesterday, um, and I think that you know the the real the, the what's really behind that kind of sense of frustration and anger really that the, the foul on Origi wasn't given I mean you could argue that it, it, it is it's a foul he's, he's gone over a bit he's, he's maybe slightly made a little bit of a meal of it um, in, in old worldly football you know 30-40 years ago in the kind of football we like to play on Wednesday nights or whatever it's not really a foul do you know what I mean? likes to play <laughs> well, yeah. it's definitely a foul on the players. Um, yeah <laughs> But 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 in but in but in the in the in the 2019 world of the of the Premier League, it absolutely is a foul. And particularly the point the point is, it, this was what about 35 minutes in was it? But about, about 10, 10 minutes before half time, so you know, a third of the way through the game, it was exactly. I haven't counted them up, but it was exactly the kind of challenge that he had been letting that, that he'd been penalising Liverpool players yeah. for in that first half hour. If he'd been getting <coughs> if he'd been letting loads go before that, you'd say, well, I think it's a foul, but at least he's been consistent. But when he's whistled for us for, I, I, I would estimate maybe half a dozen tackles like that already, and then he lets that one go, you're entitled to feel hard done to. Thank you. It wasn't exactly a hostile atmosphere either, was it, from the from the United fans? I didn't find it. I've been obviously been going there for quite a few years. Well, now. I have. I, I, and I, I would say I it was a bit more than recent years. I didn't find it particularly hostile. I mean, I don't, it wasn't so much that... I mean, you were at New way and or, or well, the environment well, exactly. New well, I was in the kind of the, the, the <laughs> you know, I was in the environment of being able to see the whole thing. And yeah. it didn't seem particularly hostile. Certainly not towards the referee, let's put it that way. Yeah, no, so fine. there was no, like, reason for him to start being, you know... Pressured into making certain decisions because there didn't seem to work. You know, it's, it's, you know, as you just said, it's football 2019. There's hardly ever any fouls or tackles yeah. or anything. You know, people just get on and play. So while there is physical contact, I mean, the, the thing is, later on in the second half, you have the incident where Daniel James goes down being winded. 
and they stopped the play. And you're not supposed to do that unless you've got a head injury, which he quite clearly didn't. And I know Liverpool were on the attack down the right flank and they got a bit annoyed. And then he goes down again a bit later on when he gets clattered into by Fabinho, which he really did hurt himself. Mm. And referee waves play on and then they play on for about mm. two minutes. And I think Matip just goes, this is a bit cruel and just put, puts the ball out. And the way yeah, went, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it just, it's, it's, yeah, lack yeah, of, yeah, yeah. it's lack of consistency, isn't it? I mean, I'm not going to go along the lines of Atkinson's a really poor referee, Joe. Because because too, because it's a you know, it's a game of opinions. He he is not great, but he's not always terrible. I mean, he did the Liverpool United game last year. Mm. Nobody batted an eyelid. He you know he, he let the. I think oh, Solskjaer said afterwards he somebody lets the game run, which he does do. But he didn't let the game run for both teams. He seemed to that's let that's it run for United. So that yeah. was what that's what his his issue was there. And he let the game run for the goal. But then we come back to VAR should have had. Well, I'm going to say it again: the balls to just actually. Go, well, hang on, come on, Martin, you've got this one wrong. I would advise you to come and have a look if you want to make the decision yourself, but they don't do that. And while nobody wants the game to be interrupted time and time again, that was a goal. So it's like it's gone in, they check all the goals. It's not like a, it's got a significant yeah, exactly, impact yeah. on the match. And they'd already had a very long kind of check of it. So how long would it have taken for him to come over and just go, oh, you know, another extra 30 seconds and... He probably wouldn't have had it on the, added it on at the end of the first half either. Well, that was incredible. That, yeah. but, that, but, that, but that's just that's not that's just not to, that's just not that game. It's all games. That's something else mm. that I think they must be told as well. Just don't ask, add a ridiculous amount of time on. What I like from it is like the lines you got from the managers and stuff afterwards. So you had Solskjaer saying, oh, Roy Keane would say that's uh, not a foul. And then Keane straight in the Sky Studio going, yeah, that's a foul. This is what <laughs> the hardest man we've got in Premier League history who's had all those red cards and we know he likes to tackle. And if he's saying that a dodgy challenge on the halfway line is a foul when we're saying it is kind of softish, but enough, then that's all you need to know. And Gary Neville. Yeah, mm, Gary Neville as well. Him. And then you look at the referee statements. So Dermot Gallagher's been on Sky today and yeah, he says, it's a foul, he'd have given that. But there's another statement with the referee chiefs when they're saying, oh, it's the correct decision. They've not put any referee's name on that. They're just saying it's the association agreeing with the ref. Cop out that, isn't it? They, they said, didn't they, that it was Martin Atkinson's decision, didn't they? Yeah, so it's like yeah. the AR don't want to overrule yeah. him. Yeah. The, the irony, not irony, but the, 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 the fact is that that was a deliberate action that wasn't penalised. And then for Manny's handball, which was rightly disallowed, was an accidental Mm. You know, he didn't mean to do it, but quite Riley, rightly, sorry, gets gets disallowed. Quite Mike Riley, quite Mike Riley gets disallowed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Freudian slip, I believe. Let's do a grand ball yes. on that. <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, it's not it's not nice to see as a Liverpool fan, but it's it's also good for this team, isn't it? That, that to be in a situation like that, to have decisions go against them, to have you know that they'll they'll have felt hard done by yesterday, but then to still come away and get a point and battle and win it in in difficult circumstances, isn't it? Yeah, it's like you go back to games of yesteryear where Liverpool haven't had it going their way and they crumble or they take mm. a, like if you look at the Salzburg game, take a 3-0 lead, concede it and that's a game they draw yeah, or lose. Yeah. This Liverpool team have got something a bit more about them. They go to the final whistle, maybe it's a bit more confidence now they've won the Champions League yeah. and they just know how to get the results when they need them. And when you think of, would you rather drop points at Old Trafford or would you rather drop them at Carrow Road? City have buckled where they've been under pressure. Liverpool at the moment aren't. And when you think every point counts, like Liverpool, what, 97 points last year, lost the title by a point. City have already dropped what, half the number of points they dropped last season. Mm-hmm. So this could be looking at as point gains at the end of the season. And it's that sort of thing where you look at it at the end of the season. This will be a performance we could say that's where the stuff are champions. OK, well, Adam Lallana scored the equaliser. Dan, before we come on to him, a couple of other players came on and made an impact. We'll start with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Klopp changed his formation to a 4-2-3-1. Oxlade-Chamberlain came on, played very well. Went very close to scoring the winner. I thought it was in. Uh, so did I. Uh, um, 
how important can players like him, like Cater, like Lallana, be going forward? Because they give Liverpool a different element, don't they, midfield? Well, hugely, hugely important. And to me, I think, you know, alongside the kind of resilience that we showed in in digging out a point later on, in fact, Doyley might be able to help on this. I, I was thinking all the way home, and I've actually looked into it a bit this morning. When was the last time we got a late equaliser there? Obviously, we've got a poor record there, but generally, if we're getting beat there, normally, yeah. if we're losing there, we normally lose. Now, the only one I can remember, and just about they remember, 35 years ago, September 84, Paul Walsh, but that was after about 70, 75 minutes, so it wasn't like really, really late. So, but so that's that's one thing I think we should be really chuffed about. The other part is the midfield, which you know, and I'm I'm not going to throw Henderson, Milner, Wijnaldum, Fabinho, any of you know any of these great players who brought us such pleasure and enjoyment and satisfaction over the last 18 months and no doubt will continue to do so but I don't think anyone would dispute that if you were looking at Liverpool's squad and team critically the midfield would arguably be, be the least brilliant area yeah um, and you know there, there have been times in games where they've looked a bit pedestrian and samey and we've all been hoping that the likes of Chamberlain and Cater and others can give us a bit more verve and dynamism in that area of the pitch. And I think yesterday was a prime example of that. The manager deserves credit for making quite early changes for him. I think the first change was before the hour mark, wasn't it? Just about 57, mm. 58, which I is... I think it was bang on the hour, actually. <coughs> was it? Yeah. yeah. But it was great. I was too think taking a rigi off, that seemed a strange decision at the time, but it paid off. Well, it did. <laughs> but but it, it was a kind of a complete reshuffle, really, in terms of how he adapted it. But But... And you know you've got to remember as well Chamberlain and Cater, neither of whom have had an awful lot of football over over recent weeks, but they both showed real kind of appetite and ingenuity and basically <coughs> helped Liverpool calm down a little bit because that, that was the frustrating thing about the first hour. It wasn't like United were doing anything amazing. They were they were hungry, they were aggressive, they were committed, which you'd expect in this kind of game, but they weren't reinventing the wheel or anything and what they were doing football wise. And Liverpool did let themselves get affected by the occasion for, for whatever reason. And you know, a prime example would be the the number of aimless balls that were played into the front men. You know, from from, from poor areas. You know, Robertson and Trent are a good a fallback combination if you've got anywhere in the world, in my opinion. But they need to if they're going to be putting balls in, they need it needs to be from the right part of the pitch. And it wasn't in the first hour. Once the likes of uh, Chamberlain and particularly Cater. God, and it was Cater came on on 82, I think. 80. Because well, there's been a few like that, stats yeah. going around that basically in, in eight minutes plus stoppage time, he completed the same amount of passes as I think um, a few other players that played the 90. Yeah. And he just basically got Liverpool to calm down a bit, stop passing the ball forwards, and do the things that have made us so successful over the last 18 months. So it couldn't really have come at a more timely moment really this because obviously we're, we're launching into another very intense chunk of games that will obviously conclude on November the 9th with Manchester City's visit to Anfield matches every midweek two games against Genk and obviously Arsenal in the League Cup we are going to need to utilise the squad and these lads are going to have a big part to play and they've hopefully started this series of games in a, in a positive vein Theo the exciting part for Oxlade-Chamberlain and Cater in particular is they both add something a little bit different don't they Oxlade-Chamberlain likes a shot got a couple had that one that whistled just wide near the end and he had another one earlier than that dragged, he dragged wide so he likes a shot and Cater his passing's very good around the edge of the area isn't it? Yeah definitely there's that purpose there when they get mm. on the ball you expect them to go and make something happen and when it's not quite happening for the fullbacks we have seen a couple of times this season where they keep trying the crosses and they yeah. will get one assist 
but there have been quite a few wasteful balls. You need these sorts of players to go and deliver. And I think it's interesting with the narrative that Jurgen Klopp can't really win, can he? Because you think um, we've had games where there's been criticism, oh, there's not that strength there when you take out um, one of the star players. Yeah. It's all about the front three. It's like, well, Salah he didn't play. The other two weren't at the best. And then it's, there's not the squad depth. The players come on and they actually do something. But it's not, oh, well done, Jurgen Klopp. You're actually, actually got true, the squad yeah, depth. Yeah. It's, oh, you're not good enough because Salah didn't play. Or Origi's not good enough to start games. There's just always one way to turn it into a criticism. Mm-hmm. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Doyle, you've written a piece on, on both Oxlade Chamberlain <clears> and Cater. Um, <throat> whether you stand on their performances, do you think now we'll see one of those two start to push for a regular start? Depend, depend, really. I mean, I agree with Dan. It's time to overhaul the midfield, but it has been for, we've been saying that for quite a few weeks now. He's tend. Jurgen Klopp, you know, he's tended not to want to change it too much. There's been the four of them, hasn't there, really? Milner, Henderson, Wijnaldum and uh, Fabinho. And Fabinho's probably the one who's going to stay in. It was interesting, actually, I thought in the first half, I thought Wijnaldum was playing more like Holland, Wijnaldum. Mm. He was a bit more further forward. He was, you know, he did one, had one very good run, which ended up with a shot yeah. that was, yeah, was straight at, yeah. at De Gea. But at least it was a shot. Um, and then in the second half, when they switched to a 4-2-3-1, which... It's now the fourth game in a row. I've been banging on about this, that they've changed to that and they have improved, whether it was against Salzburg defensively and in the other three games, Leicester, uh, Sheffield United and against United, better attacking-wise. Wijnaldum went and helped out Fabinho before Cater was replaced him and he kind of wasn't... He didn't have the same impact as he did in the first half. But yeah, you're right. I think, I think Dan's right. It's time that they need to... They need to look to change some things around. I mean, he's not going to just change the whole thing and just bring in three, other, three different players. That won't be happening. I think while Alana scored the goal, I think he's still the one out of the all of them that's probably the least likely to come in and start. He'll start against Arsenal, for example, in the in the League Cup, but whether he's ready for a league start, I don't know because Cater he's definitely time perhaps I think if Cater had been fit at the start of the season because he came on and played against Man City yeah, in the well. in the community shield and did well. Then he got that injury just before the start of the um of the Super Cup. Then he was out. I think that's the one thing about Cater. I know you're still worried about him. Are you still worried about him? Well, I just want to see him start. Yeah, exactly. So it's about he's got to keep he's got to keep himself fit to prove that he can be trusted because the minute that he gets a run of games, while he doesn't get lots of injuries, he just gets them and we've said this time and time again, gets them at the wrong time and he tends to get quite for want of a better phrase, public injuries such as walking out of an open training session or limping off during the course of a game rather than just getting injured in training when no one's looking. You know, he got injured playing for Guinea as well, didn't he, in the the Africa Cup of Nations. That was quite a public injury as well. So he has that against him. But you you saw his talents. There's a reason why Klopp spent that much money and waited a year for him. And I think you actually want him to do quite well because he does, as you've said, he offers something different. He was taking the ball on and he was pressing, pressing Manchester United back. He was finding the holes. He was doing what Klopp said, the not obvious things, yeah. which I think was also a bit of a dig at how Liverpool had played before that. He said it was too predictable. You know, they could see... Excuse you, Daniel. Thank you. Okay. Uh, he, was, he, was, uh, <laughs> he was saying that while Liverpool had played was far too predictable for United. What United did well was they did the 3-5-2, which pushed the two Liverpool fullbacks back and meant that they couldn't really do anything. When they changed to 4-2-3-1, that then meant... I know Henderson didn't have a particularly good game. He ended up on the right before being subbed. He was then pushing back United's fullback and it gave some room for uh, uh, Trent. And on the other side, I think it was Mane was pushing back and... Mm-hmm. In the end, that's what made the space for Robertson to get forward and put in the cross to, from which Lallana scored. So 
I think there is scope for change in midfield. I think there's scope for a change of formation. I think it, it's not going to be too long now before Klopp goes. I'm going to start with 4-2-3-1 and see what happens because Firmino didn't have a particularly great game. This tends, it, it tends to happen because 12 traffic doesn't seem to do much. Mm-hmm. And I think he sometimes gets lost when he's won against the three of them up there. Mm. And <laughs> maybe, Apart from, well, I only really uh, noticed this lunchtime today, the goal. His dummy, yeah, his dummy, yeah, yeah, yeah. To be fair, yeah. they mentioned, that on, they, they mentioned yeah. that on match of the day, didn't they? They mentioned that, and, yeah, they, they mentioned it on that. To be fair, I hadn't noticed it either until they, no. they'd said it on that as well. I think it was Darren Fletcher, of all people, yeah, who, who said out. it, yeah. It was intelligent, it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. took the first yeah. defender out of it. Mm. But that's it, that's his, that's not his game, but that's the kind of thing he can do because he's an intelligent football and that's why he plays, but... Apart from one or two, I think he did one nutmeg, didn't he, on somebody? I can't remember who it was, second half. Missed a decent chance first half. Yeah, yeah, yeah which he, was, he got he injured was, there last year, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, it wasn't quite his, his best game. And, you know, the one criticism of Fabino is that sometimes in these away games, he's not always at his best. But then, I'm sure if you go through every single number now and he plays in these big games, it's exactly the same because they're the ones that the d- defence are trying to you know, look out for. So that's what happens when you play these. these okay. Say not a great team, but it's still Manchester United, and it's still a huge game for them. And as we've said many a time, they'll be massively up for it. That's what they were. I think going back to the point, yeah, I think it's time to change things in midfield. Okay, quick word on Adam Lallana. Um, Dan, it, every now and again, it seems like people almost enjoy writing certain players off. And, agree, and look, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not the world's biggest Adam Lallana fan, but I, I don't think he's a bad player. And it seemed when he came on yesterday, social media lit up with people. Uh, including one quite hilarious example of <laughs> a guy who guaranteed that his leg would grow back. I've seen that. Yeah. Andy Grant, yeah. Yeah. Andy, Andy Grant, yeah. 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 Uh, fair play to him. And um, there was a fair few comments flying around the away end as well. Yeah. <coughs> it was about 70 when he come on. Yeah, yeah he, he was the second sub, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. For but Henderson. He, he came on and, you know, scored a very, very important goal. And if Liverpool go on to lift things at the end of the season, that could be crucial, couldn't it? Absolutely. Jurgen Klopp said after the game, and I've seen a couple of his post-match interviews, and um, he was, you know, he was clearly absolutely delighted. He said, you know, it's a wonderful story how, you know, he kind of really was the forgotten man of Anfield. I, I don't, if he had left the club during the summer, I don't think people would have been all that surprised. There was this talk in pre-season of him possibly being reinvented as a as a more defensive midfield player. Um, but, you know, it, he has been one of Klopp's key, key you know, Chief lieutenants, you, know, you, you look at that first that first year to eighteen months he was at the club, and he kind of almost had this unofficial title, didn't he? He's like the leader of the press. Now, inevitably, as he's kind of he's got how old is he? 30, 31. 31. Mm-hmm. So you know, is like a lot of players, they have to kind of reinvent themselves slightly, readapt to the passing of years and 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 um, you know the evolution of a career, but he's obviously a very good footballer and obviously a very good, a good man to have around the squad because Klopp. You know, if we know one thing about Jurgen Klopp is that he values the togetherness and unity of the group. And if he must know that, you know, Lallana isn't going to play 50 games. So if he's going to keep people around that, that he's going to be relying on for maybe 10 to 15 games, he's got to be very, he's got to be totally convinced and assured that they have the right kind of mentality and attitude to be part of the group, to be a positive, constructive part of the group. And Lallana clearly is that. And, um, it was like it was. It was a great moment, you know, it, it, and a really, a, you know, a fantastic moment for him as well. Personally, I'm sure who must have been, must have looked at the way his career's gone over the last couple of years and kind of like, you know, from starting in cup finals and playing big matches here and there to, as Doyle said just before, hoping to maybe get a league cup run out. Yeah. But you know, if he doesn't kick another ball for Liverpool again, he scored a late equaliser at Old Trafford. That, you know, time will tell. When you know, at the end of the day, we, we don't know how important this point will be. But what I do know is that 
you know, particularly with this with, with this being the first game after an international break, if we'd started this with not just a defeat, but a poor defeat to a poor Manchester United team, I'm not saying we'd have gone to pieces and lost the next five, but I think it would have been that nagging doubt in the back of people's minds. And also the wider narrative of people who are looking to kind of scrutinise and analyse and arguably shut Liverpool up. Ah, oh, well, but when the, the big game at Old Trafford, you flaked it. Well, we didn't. Thanks to Adam Lallana and his, you know, professionalism and making sure that he followed the ball in and made that run to the near post and gambled. You know, that's what they always say about front players where they just strike a midfielder. You've got to take those gambles. Eight times out of ten, that kind of run might not pay off. But on this occasion, it did. And he had to tap in at the far post. Yep. Uh, Theo, before we move on, just quickly, that's a sort of joke at the start. A lot of people thought it was going to be a bit of a walkover for Liverpool at Old Trafford. Uh, and I think... Dolly and Dan will agree with me. The, the older I get and the more games you watch there, the more think, you realise that... I think I find I said it was 1-1 on the pod. Yeah, You, you did. Yeah. I, I yeah. wasn't saying you, Dolly. I was saying a lot of people. Um, <laughs> even a lot of United fans that, that I'd spoken to before and thought, thought that Liverpool would win the game quite comfortably. But the more games you watch at Old Trafford, it, there's a reason why these places are always difficult to go, isn't it? And, and you know, no matter how poor United are, they will always give Liverpool a difficult game, won't they? And it's always the team on the back foot that you get a bit more out of. Like mm. We see the same when Liverpool go to Goodison. These games where it doesn't matter what the form's like, you're probably not going to get the result you want there. Yeah. And if you do, you're going to have to work hard for it. Like Liverpool's only win at Goodison, for example, under Klopp's that last-minute winner with Mane. Yeah. They still haven't won at United. Like we keep saying um, that 3-0 was it under Rodgers. That was a shock result. No yeah, one saw yeah. that coming. That was a very poor United team. And you need it. It's all about that start to click well. And if a game it settles in, you're not going to get the result because the fans are up for it. The players are up for it. That's why they're flying into tackles. That's why Rashford's able to have Van Dijk bouncing off him. That's why Fabinho's flattening Dan James. There's always that bit more grit there. And it's the sort of games where you probably can or expect to say, oh yeah, that's going to be a draw. Like um, we did our pundits thing with MEN, all doing yeah. our predictions. Yeah, there was a couple, including me, that said, oh, Liverpool win. But it was, they're going to edge it. Yeah. Or most of us said it's going to be a draw. So whilst fans might think, oh, look at the form guide, Liverpool are going to get an easy win here. If you're watching these teams regularly, you just know it's going to be one of these really tight encounters. And I don't think any of us sat here are surprised that that's exactly what happened. I mean, the fans who say that it was going to be a walkover are fans who don't know anything about football and don't watch games. There you go. So no one watching this and no one listening to this, (laughs) because our fans are very knowledgeable. They They are exactly. Exactly, They'll have known. And if you are offended by Ian Doyle Sport, he's at Ian Doyle Sport on Twitter. Just send him a message. You can email me at joe.rimmer at (laughs) reachplc.com. And I'll forward that straight on. Um, Doyle, you are off to, to Belgium in the I morning. Am. Yeah, um, looking it, it, forward it feels to like it. about three hours. I'm not looking yeah. forward to getting up at about five o'clock in the morning, but, no, no. you know, the cross that we uh, have to bear. Uh, yeah, Genk. Genk. Ever been to Genk? No. Nope. Long and storied. Storied. Get storied. out. <laughs> get out. Get out. Journalism career. I, I've been to Maastricht and I've been to Liège and I've been to Bruges and I've been to Brussels. I've no idea what relevance that is to that, but, you know, I think, no. <laughs> well, they're all in Belgium. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well Maastricht's <laughs> actually Holland, isn't it? Maastricht and Liège are right near Genk. Uh, mm. So it's that side of that side of, of Belgium. No, I have not been there before. Mm. And in fact, in the second night, I won't even be in Genk either because we've got to stay somewhere else because it's such a small town that the, all the hotels have been booked up. So mm. we're going to be somewhere else on the, on the actual night of the game, other than being at the stadium, of course. Do you expect Klopp to make some yes, changes for this one? Yes, I expect him to make a lot of changes. Yeah. In fact, I've expected three, four. Yeah. Could, could even be more. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me... <laughs> It's uh, it's Liverpool's easiest away game in the group stage, so if he's going to make any changes for an away game, it'd be this one. But I think Liverpool, you know, they've got Genk again in two weeks' time. 
they've got to win both games. Yeah. If they win both of them, they're in a very strong position. And Genk, though, while you looked at the, they played Napoli at home in the last home game, mm-hmm. the last league game, Champions League game, sorry, nil-nil. You think oh, that's a bit of a surprise result given how Napoli played against Liverpool, but then you, you watch the highlights. Think Napoli hit the bar, Napoli the post, the, yeah, the bar, the post, the both posts. They had one clear off the line. They missed two sitters, and Genk did next to nothing. So, if Liverpool have got the shooting boots on, which is something that they haven't really had the last couple of games, you look at okay, Salzburg, yes, but Sheffield United, no. Leicester needed a penalty. Uh, United, you know, a late one, but you know it's still a goal. But they haven't quite been hitting the heights. I think if it all goes well, this could actually be a game that could build a little bit of confidence, and that's what they should be looking to. But ultimately, it's just about winning. Okay, Theo, tell everyone at home who we need to look out for in the game team. Yeah, Hachi Junior. Just because he's the only one you know. No, I know a couple of them. Um, Do you really? El Hachi Junior. No, Yanis Hachi, Romania. Oh, yeah. Oh, the the So there's him. They've got a striker up front called Samata, who's like the leading goal mm. scorer as they won mm. the league last year. But those are probably the two star men. Um, but then with Genk, it's just what you're expecting. They're actually quite decent at home in Champions League, from what I remember. I'm waiting to be corrected here. When I try to trip you up on a pod in future, I should remember I asked you to write a profile of Genk, yeah. didn't I? So <laughs> that, that backfired. Schoolboy yeah. So yeah. if I remember, yeah. they are decent at home. They've got a few draws where you wouldn't expect them to against decent teams in the past, and they just get battered away from home. So um, if Liverpool can get a win here, I'll happily take that, and then you're expecting to put six past them at Anfield. All right, there, there you have it. <laughs> just the six at Anfield. Uh, should, we, should we pick our, our team for Genk? Let's pick our team. Let's pick our team. Dan, you can start. So I want to go for Alison Becker in goal. That's good. Shocker. Yeah. Um, I'll go for Andy Lonergan. Oh. What? Just because he's played for Bolton. Uh, by the way, Alison, <laughs> were we in any way concerned about his performance at Old yeah, Trafford? A little Should we have been? Me, but I don't know. No, he didn't really. He just didn't have anything to do. You know, he didn't have anything to do. Yeah, I think it was the, in some ways that was the ideal game for him to come back and play <laughs> in a game where he did next to nothing. Did he have a save to make? He did a great knee slide and point to the air when, uh, yeah. when we equalised. I sort of found a great picture of it at lunchtime. Yeah, he had a dodgy touch early on, but that was about it, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah you remember that. What, were we surprised that De Gea was fit? Not really. It's funny how it's all that, about uh, Solskjaer's mind games. It's, oh yeah, De Gea's going to be fine. Did we really expect Salah to not be fine until the day of the game? Well, we had a, yeah. I had a whisper on Saturday night that he might not be playing. So, But you're there right. There was something no on one, Twitter. Yeah. Some, I, I saw something on Twitter yeah. and nothing, with nothing to back it up. But, he, did, he didn't train, did he, on Saturday? So but we were told, weren't we, that in the week he was training separate from the team, wasn't he? Uh, but he was winning his fitness, and he was yeah, expected done that to be the They make it like a special yeah. program to make sure he'll be fit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy uh, Solskjaer's impression of of Alex Ferguson. He's, he's, <laughs> he's trying desperately to be Alex Ferguson, but he's he's nineteen eighties Alex Ferguson rather than nineteen nineties Alex Ferguson. Nineteen eighties Alex Ferguson who won the Scottish Premier League with Aberdeen and the Cup Winners Cup. Nineteen eighties Alex Ferguson. We don't remember Man United. that. Okay, it's better. Yeah. Um, because you know, after the game, that whole oh, well, we don't praise the referee as much, but I'll praise the referee. <laughs> didn't he say he was he the man of the match? Didn't, didn't he say the referee was the man of the match? Yeah, thinking he's the big man after the match because he got a point and got them up to twelve. <laughs> wow, you, you need to calm down. Get back in the box. <laughs> I, I like Spiky Joe. Yeah. Anyway, right. Let's it's pick our team for Trafford next. Year. Are you worried about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? No. <laughs> Not in the slightest. <laughs> I was picking my team there, wasn't I? Yeah. yeah. So um, don't pick your whole team. We're picking the. Oh, okay. We saw this worse. Okay. We picked the defence together. Alison, yeah. Alison, yeah. Alison, Alison, Alison. Yeah. Trent, 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 Trent. Don't know. Wasn't no? great yesterday, Trent. I love him. Um, no, I'm sticking with. I'm sticking with him. There's a reason for that. Uh, a bit I later think, on. Yeah. I think you're going to pick Gomez in the middle. Then I'm going to pick Lovren in the middle. You're going to pick Lovren. Hmm. Won't be against that. I fancy Gomez. 
I thought Lovren was excellent against Leicester. Matip didn't have his greatest game uh, yesterday, but he, you know he signed his new deal and he's clearly here to stay. We can't sell him now. We're stuck with him. You can't sell him. You could be money for him now. Yeah, you could get good money for him. He's got his long deal. Get less than a seven from Ian Doyle at Old Trafford and you're gone. Next midweek, we've got the League Cup tie against Arsenal. So obviously, there will be wholesale changes for that. But, you know, there's then. The, the return against Genk the, the midweek after that followed by City at home so I do think you know, as, as well as the mass changes for Arsenal I do think he's going to have to kind of mix the, the team up for the other five games around that um, so I, you know, I, I wouldn't be averse to seeing Lovren or Gomez getting a game in the centre choose one choose one yes um, choose both and put one at right back oh you can do or just don't play Van Dijk <laughs> just yeah. well, just to, to make no, everything that's, that's easier that's for me. They, they can't get cocky. They can't get complacent. Liverpool are in a great position to qualify, but we need we need to absolutely get the, these six points against Genk. No questions asked. No dramas to go all Connor done on you for a second. <laughs> Would you just choose a centre half so we can so we can carry I said on? Bloody then. What about the Asian audience? Um, I'm the Middle Eastern audience. He said balls Lofford. anyway. So. I also said bloody as well. Uh, did you? All right, go on. I'm well Lofford. Lofford. Okay, so we got two for Lovren. I was going to go with you and go Gomez. Oh, that makes things just just say what just say good Lovren just to make it easy. Teacher Pat Lovren, <laughs> right? So we I got Lovren. Sway anyway, so we so all have VVD. Yeah, yeah. As the other one, VVD. I think it's, I think it's going to have um, to be uh, Andy Robertson. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he can have his, he can have his rest against uh, Arsenal. Okay, right. So that's our back four of Trent Lovren. VVD and mm. Alex, uh, Alex Oxlade Chambers. Going to say that <laughs> was a strange one. Andy Robertson. Okay, midfield. Uh, Four two three one for me. You going four two three yep. one? Yeah. Okay, so who are you two? Two is Fabulousinho. Yeah. And Cater. Go on, I'll, I'll have a little bit of four two three one. You're not playing Cater in the three. You're playing him in the two. There. I'm playing him in the two. All right. Well, I might disagree with you on that. I, I will do a bit of four two three one. I'm doing yeah, four three. Three. I'm, I'm going to partially disagree. I'm going to go for, for be. Uh, I'll go with four two three one. We're going to go with. So we are playing four two three one. Oh, Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Fabinho and Henderson as the two with Cater in front of them. Well, I'm going to go with Dan. So I think I, I think there's in there. I think there's absolutely okay, no chance Henderson's playing. Yeah, really. I think there's no chance he's playing. I mean, I think he looked tired. I think he's played a lot of games recently. I think he's slightly out of form, and it would serve him better if he's not playing. Milner's starting this. I one. mean, one thing we have just. just you mentioned just before about the, the last four games we've changed to 4 2 3 one during it. Now, I'm sure I read last night somewhere that in the last four games, Henderson's been the first man substituted as well. I think one of them he didn't even start, did he? he didn't, did he start against well, Leicester? he couldn't have been substituted if he didn't start, did he? Did he, he, he got, no, he didn't start against Leicester, no. Do you know what? I'm going to go with, go with Theo here. That's, I'm, I'm just going to finish the tier here because otherwise Dan will be talking for half an hour. <laughs> so we're going to go Milner. We're going to throw Milner in because I think you're right because he he's didn't fresh, play isn't Trafford, he? Hasn't, did he? not played. Okay. Okay, well, played yeah, well against Leicester yeah. in the, the game sure. before. Well, the three, bear in mind that I've got Cater there. My so, three would be... I've forgotten who plays. Firmino would be in the number 10. Okay. Uh, and then on the left, I would have Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. And on the right, I would have Origi. Or oh, the other way around, actually. Origi on the left, Octave Chamberlain on the right. Who's up front? Uh, Mane. Sadio. Yeah. Well, I'm going to join you with Firmino in the, in the 10. Mm. I'm going to have Naby Cates on the um, on the right here. Hi, Naby. There you are. And then um, Divock on the left. 
I think we're just proving think? that we don't really know what we're talking about. No, here. no, I don't. I don't know why I'm writing this down on a piece point, of paper. The that point they that we're proving them. here is that normally when we do this, we always end up with the same formation, almost yeah. all of the same players. And we've now reached a point in the season whereby we're going, right, it's time for a bit of a change now. And so it's it's one where we don't know. And Jurgen Klopp will have a very good idea, obviously. He's the manager. That's what he does. Uh I think if Shakiri had been fit, I think this was a game he's absolutely probably nailed on to play in. Mm. I don't know whether they'll risk him given the fact he wasn't even on the bench on Saturday. We'll obviously we'll learn a lot more tomorrow when you're actually even close to come back. Well, this is the thing, we'll, we don't know. We're going to learn a lot more tomorrow when Jurgen Klopp, you know, when we find out the travelling party. Um, so, yeah, I think I think this will be a game where he'll change things a bit because, as I said before, Genk are the worst team of the, of the three in the group stage. This is the easiest away game they're going to play. It won't be easy. But it's the easiest of the three that they'll play, and I do think he's probably seen that second half Jurgen Klopp at Old Trafford and gone right. It's time we change things around here a little bit. I know United were tiring a bit. I know they were then on the back foot. I know they were looking to defend something, but isn't that what we're expecting Genk to do for the most? You know, from what we've just learned from the from the inside man Theo on their, their <laughs> very good home record, in which they don't concede many goals and get a lot of nil nils. So. That's what Liverpool are going to come up against. And by doing that, they'll still give more space for the fullbacks. And if you're going to play Cater on the right, he's going to be more withdrawn and Trent will just be able to run away. Good for him. Right, uh, let's just make some predictions and, and finish this off. Oh, we're not pointing out that we're definitely not playing Salah then? Well, we're, uh, we're God, assuming we're, that he's not going to play. Yeah, we're, yeah I don't think he'll play. So, predictions in? Uh, I think Liverpool will win by th- three goals to nil. Three goals to nil. I'm going to go two goals to nil. Uh, one nil. 1-0 3-0 there you have it I don't know anything about Genk so it could be 1-0 yeah there you have it we don't know anything about Genk hope you, <laughs> hope you enjoyed that be back on uh, more insight soon yeah. we'll be back on Friday when we hope to know a little bit more about Genk see you then <laughs> bye you've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo